This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Hey there, welcome to the show. I've got a conversation featuring comeback kid vocalist Andrew Newfield to share with you. Now the catalyst for the conversation is the new album for 2022 by the group. It's out now and it's titled Heavy Steps. I'm enjoying that one actually. Don't get into too many hardcore backslash metalcore groups, but uh, I'm quite fond of what Comeback Kid do, and that extends to the new album Heavy Steps. So when it was announced, there were there were uh, slots to have a chat with Andrew. I gratefully obtained one. It's my second conversation with him. My first one was back in 2017 or 18 or thereabouts, and I must say he was even better the second time around. Heads up, I don't know what Zoom was doing, but it only recorded Andrew. It didn't record me at all, the video, that is. You hear all of the audio, but uh, for those of you watching via YouTube, that's important to note. So I basically don't appear in this one except for via my voice. Now, as I said, if you've tuned in via YouTube, we're going to cut to the conversation straight away. However, if you're listening via the podcast app, here's the title track from their new album from Comeback Kid, Heavy Steps. Once that's finished, we'll cut to the chat.
What's up, man? How you doing? Here he is. How's things? Oh, good, man. Good. How about how about you? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, it's five a.m. in the morning here, which is a perfect time for me to be doing these sorts of things because uh, otherwise life tends to get in the way. If you know what I'm saying, a bit later on in the day, in the evenings. Yeah, no, he was saying he was saying that the one guy uh, wants to take the two o'clock because some I have a couple others like later, um, and uh, I'm like, wow, what t- what time is it there? <laughs> Yeah, it's just, man, I've got two kids and just work commitments and all of the other stuff. It's a perfect time well, to do got, it, you know. You got some dedication then, man. You got some dedication. <laughs> um, I just want to be transparent. I have a business call at 2.30 uh, in 25 minutes. I don't know how what, how long this generally goes for. That's perfect, it's mate, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I've got okay. another show. I've got. I mean, these days, guys, you can okay. talk to anybody anywhere, and I've got a show that I do For with real? a filler. In, yeah, I've got a show I do with a filler in New York, which is going to start at two thirty your time as well. So, mate, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And um, uh, is this video or audio? Um, I've, I actually record both. Um, I sort of make a decision later on whether I release one Sounds or the good. other. Are you, are you cool with that? Yeah. I'm cool. I mean, I wasn't sure. So sometimes I like to walk around, but uh, I don't, I feel like we're okay. We're looking up good. So. Okay, sweet. No worries at all. Yeah. How's the, the calls and support of the album been going first up? What, can you say that again, sir? I'm just going to start now, sir. You're right. How's the calls, in other words, the conversations with journalists been going in support of the album? Uh, it's pretty cool. This week, uh, I guess the guy that set it up with you, John Howarth or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm all doing like Australian and New Zealand ones now. And I, uh, it's always fun talking to uh, people down under. I think it's a, <laughs> it's a different vibe. I like the blokes and the, you know. <laughs> yeah, we do say blokes, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's where, nice. where are you at? Where are you at? Queen, Queensland on, on the Gold Coast. Nice, nice. Yeah, bit bit different too, right? You're in Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I'm in Toronto. Yeah, I'm in Canada. Freezing Toronto. It's probably not that cold. At it, the, oh no, it is freezing at the moment. No, no, it? no, dude. It's 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 uh cold. today's cold. I went to go get a coffee this morning and it was cold. It's like two p.m. here, so I'm just kind of getting my day started. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, no worries. Well, look, the name of the new album uh, is called Heavy Steps, and you're one of the fellows in the group that's been in the band since the very beginning. And uh, I'm going to open with a bit of a statement wrapped in a question, which is that I've, I've long felt that you guys, you've tended to fly under the radar a little bit, even though you have enjoyed, let's say, considerable success, So especially for a band playing heavy music. But I must ask, how important do you think this album is for the band in terms of getting you out there a bit more? Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every record is important. I feel like the same drive and kind of like excitement, enthusiasm with all like we put out like seven uh, full lengths now. So every time it's like a huge like part of my life. And I always actually refer to those every time I put a record out as like I, I can I think back to the last 20 years and I like that's like certain eras in my life as well. Mm. You know, you think back to like old relationships, too. It's the same kind of thing, like certain eras in your life. and. um with this one, okay, we're you know we we pretty much had a goal and like a, a project to work on during the pandemic. It pretty much took the whole pandemic to do record, now get out. We've had now six months of touring, um, and you know the tour that is supposed to be currently in Europe uh, mm. is post postponed, and you know we just got to pivot and stuff. But it, it is important to us to have this record out. I think it's the right time. 
Um, you know, right when we're, we've had all the singles coming out of the last few months. So it's been perfect timing. And, uh, again, every time we do a record, it's every four years or something. So the, the whole like landscape of like putting out a record has, you know, grown and morphed into a different thing than it was say like four years ago. Right. So, mm. um, you know, luckily I somewhat keep up with like social media and stuff like that. So I'm not looking like too old, like, like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of know how to, how to do it, but there's a lot of, you know, it's, a, there's, it's, it's just a different way of doing things. You know, playlists are more important. Um, vinyl, we have like 12 different color vinyl. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a vinyl collector myself, but, uh, you know, for the people that are, they got it. Um, I'm actually, uh, my buddy in, uh, Australia, he's going to put out a tape. Um, he oh, runs cool. a store called, he runs a store called brick and mortar, um, in, um, in chapel on chapel in Melbourne. He's actually from Byron Bay. Uh, but we're going to do like some like refurbished Dickies and he's going to put up the cassette tape nice. and, uh, get do a shirt and stuff. So it's really fun to like right now, like collaborate with people. I feel like this is like the best music, you know, that we, we can do. Um, I, I think that you can clearly hear that it's like, you know, a step above where we've ever been before. Um, and you know, so hopefully uh, people can look back at this time and place and, you know, still remember it like for, for years to come, I guess. Hmm. Hey, what's your favorite song on the album? Does that, do you have one? Right now I'm really buzzing on two songs. Uh, one's called everything relates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a song that was actually inspired by my friend SK from Australia who passed away. He played in that band D's nuts and some other bands out in, uh, Australia and he, he he passed away while we were recording so I was able to uh, include him in the lyrics and put a riff that he had written um kind of incorporated into one of our choruses and it was a special moment for me and it always kind of like touches me when I when I listen back to it hmm. and then just on like the ask Peter side I would say there's a song called dead on the fence and that's not a song that we had like a single for we've had a bunch of singles but it's I w- it was one that I'm like now that the record's out I'm surprised at how many people are like shouting that song out in particular, well, you know, mm-hmm. like we never kind of gave it any special love, but it's like, just, it's grown into, it seems like it's growing into one of the fan favorites right now. So dead on the fence is more of like a, it's more of an ass beater. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit more metallic hardcore and like moshy yeah. and stuff. So you read my mind a little bit because I was going to ask you about your relationship with these nuts. Cause I did a bit of reverse engineering cause I got into you guys through understanding that you had a friendship and you did some touring with these nuts. So you're obviously still mates with the guys in the crew. Yeah, 100%. Um, actually I produced their last three, uh, full length records. Um, there you go. Yep. so that's kind of like, that's the connection. And that's why that one song that we did called everything relates was so special because the, the first track off a record called binge and purgatory is called binge by these nuts and SK never really like wrote like too many of the riffs, but that was one of the moments where I was like, yeah, let's just try some stuff out. Like it was a more melodic kind of bass riff. And after he passed, I was like, just thinking about like, dude, I think I can incorporate that riff into our already chorus and like, just like change the key of it. And it just like felt like he was speaking to me in a way. And that song kind of talks about that, how you find these little moments when uh, someone passes and you kind of like are able to like tie things together and it feels like everything's relating, you know? Mm. So that's what that song's about. 
Yeah, a bit of fatalism there. It's nice. It's nice when things like that just sort of already seem to be in the ether and you can just reach out and grab them. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 actually beautiful. So hmm. talk about production then. Uh I was gonna ask you who produced it, but it might have been yourself, but the the vocals on this album here are outstanding. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, it was a quite a collaborative effort. Uh we had the guy who like recorded our first record. Um produce it, co-produce it with us, you know? Um, but really there was a lot of like people with the producer hats. I had my producer hat on, he had his on pretty much like two, two, uh, two days into the recording, we realized we're not ever going to finish this in one room. So I hired out the studio B, uh, in the, in the studio. So we, you know, the guys would be doing the guitars and drums and oh, we do the drums and then after that's done, the guitar guys are doing guitars and bass in the other room. And then I was in studio B uh, mm. uh, doing my vocals and I have like my pro tools screen in front of me. And we pretty much like edit as we went and yeah. just kind of just moved forward. I think I did like 72 hours in the booth or something like oh that. Something crazy. <laughs> I was going to say just the songs on the record. There's some <laughs> extra songs in there too, but yeah, it would be like, it'd be like four or five hours a song. Cause we're editing as we go, you know? So Mate, plenty of vodka, Red Bull, and coffee, maybe mixed together, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I always love like the beer break um, when you're recording. Like, you know, just that, like, after you've, you've been in there eight hours, okay, let's, we can have a couple, to, like, have the beer. And then, you know, it always had, you know, a couple more laughs at night or something. Or <laughs> mm. Hey, uh, your relationship with Nuclear Blast, you, you're still with Nuclear Blast, are you, or have you gone across to Atomic Fire? No, we are on Nuclear Blast. Yeah. Does does, yeah. does Nuclear Blast, do they have a lot of say or do they ask you a lot of questions about the direction you're taking the band in? Musically or or yeah. uh, otherwise? Uh, but actually, both. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's two, two parts of that question. So definitely musically, but also to the business direction. Musically, not at all. Musically, not at all. And actually, I was just going to say, also direction-wise, not at all. They're really, really like, I'm pretty particular about um, how I want it to like things to look. Um, and so, and they're usually like down, like say they're using like, for example, you know, a, a certain logo or a photo. I'm like, Hey, can we like switch that out for this other one? We want to start using this logo now, or like this font, this, this photo, or for this thing, this photo. And they're, they, they take direction really, really well. I think what they, what we have, when you have a label like nuclear blast, you have access to, yes, they put out their, your records and you work with them on that. And, but there's a lot of people, you know, like this interview set up through the Australian uh, publicist. And then I have a publicist, a different publicist in the U.S. and then a different publicist in Germany or and that does Europe and stuff. So you access all of that. And then there's a digital person. And then so but the, to be honest, the digital person that works at Nuclear Blast, her name's Tosca. She's been like my North Star throughout this whole thing, like. Because that's where a lot of the action is when you're like yes. kind of preparing a rollout of a record. So just to have someone like, you know, you get a we 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 submit a video to them and they create can help us create assets and uh, and you know stuff to push on socials and um, so really what you have with you know Nuclear Blast or like even Victory before. Um, Whereas something like you with nuclear blast, I don't even know who like is the owner anymore because they sold to Believe, which yeah. is a digital distributor. But it's just like you have access to like people that can help make things happen for you, or like I hey, I need help with my 
uh, Apple Music profile or Spotify. Like you can ask mm-hmm. questions and kind of get things done because we like self-manage the band and we have, but we just kind of have help like in a lot of areas that where we just like can't do things. Yeah, it's you talk about about that issue there around uh, understanding how to promote the band on dig, band on digital channels. Then you're talking about mm. Tosca acting as your north star on those sorts of things. Look, I only recently studied studied digital marketing at university, mate. You need to be a magician to get your head around all of that stuff and to be to be oh, effective. Yeah. It's horrible, to yeah, be honest and, with you. And then I, I hire, you know, I hire someone a, a totally different person myself for our digital marketing, like. The label will do their own and then I hire another guy uh, to just mm-hmm. to do my stuff. And, you know, it's like, you, I, I need someone that already does it. Cause that again, my, that shit does my head in like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned victory there and we, we have had a conversation before it was about four or five years ago. And I, and I asked you about it then right. uh, we sort of, we touched on it. I remember, but um, Tony Brummel, I mean, he's been in the media for all sorts of bloody reasons, but um is uh when oh yeah yeah when you look back on on that time with him did you did you guys inadvertently through no faults of your own did you guys get caught up in any of his shenanigans totally man um he was straight up like a character throughout the whole thing like like all the stories that you've probably heard like seem pretty true to me like he was he's just like one of those like he was a larger than life character kind of like the typical like caricature of like a a bad like record label boss egomaniac you know definitely some donald trump energy similarities there um just big boss vibe like there needs to be a movie made about this guy because it was it was it's hilarious you know like pressuring bands to like sign contracts as soon as possible all cap locks you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we need to yes. win you know that kind of vibe. but so i say that and but you know they really helped our band explode uh, at one time and again there there was a lot of people that i could access that worked for the label that loved the band and the yeah. guy who like got a sign and stuff i like trust him and i still have like talked to him for advice it's clint um you know and he was uh higher up at victory too so you know there's a lot of these personalities and I'm sure that not a lot of all these companies are perfect, but that was a really, really funny experience. Like we like, it's all jokes now thinking back on it. But. Yeah. Yeah. It did its job. It got your name out there. It allowed you to sort of move to the next level. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. All steps in the way on a, on a broader journey. So um, look, uh, talking about the album again, it's it sounds heavy, man. Like I mean, it's listening to it with headphones on it. It might be your heaviest album, which is, as far as I'm concerned, a great thing. And look, labels do that, get... that was our our intent there. Okay, well, great. Yeah, well, it's definitely yeah mission accomplished without question. But look, labels uh, do get they get thrown around so much, um, and for the most part these days, they mean very little. You know, the average eighteen or nineteen year old getting into music cares not for labels insofar as black metal, death metal, hardcore, metallic hardcore, this sort of stuff. But do you feel like as though the group has got to a point where you, where you feel as though you've transcended a label at this point? Um, yes and no. I mean, it doesn't really like bother me too much, but we definitely always think of ourselves as a hardcore band, like through and through. We consider ourselves like a hardcore, that's where we come from. But we realized that when we started, like, we kind of like, we're like, okay, we're going to do hardcore, but we're like, we also like, you know, like lifetime and good riddance and propaganda. So we're mm-hmm. going to bring that, like 
that like kind of like fast punk, you know, skate punk, I guess you call it, uh, or whatever you call it, poppy skate punk from the nineties, that, that influence was definitely with us. And, but I just kind of compare that to, I mean, there was, there's hardcore bands that are way more melodic than us, like H2O and shelter and, um, shelter, stuff like yeah. that. So, and so we bring, and then we, you know, we also have a huge, like, like a metallic influence. Um, and we're not afraid to put people like Devin Townsend or Joe from Gojira on a record. And so a lot of people will be like, you know, we're a hardcore, like, I don't know. We never like some people, like some people want to like kind of gatekeep stuff and, and whatever, but you know, I always consider ourselves a, a hardcore band, but yeah, we're definitely like try things out and we're hardcore leaning sometimes. Sometimes we like step outside the box and that's just like being musicians. I think like we're just, we like to write like different kinds of songs. And hmm. if this is the avenue to do that, like, dude, we don't like really veer too far from the path when it comes to like, right. And we kind of, we know, stay in our lane with comeback kid and push that as like wide as we can go. I'm thinking of like a Russian, like super highway, like, <laughs> like many, many lanes. Um, but you know, it, we don't, and you know, we're not going to like write a shoegaze record or a total like metal record. And we'd start another band if we want to do that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, uh, you got some awareness of why the band is popular in the first instance, and you're not gonna, you know, if you want to listen to Comeback Kid, we want to give the something energetic, it's something anthemic, mm -hmm. you know, um, and uh, a lot of you know some fast songs and some groovy songs. Mm, yeah, indeed. Hey, look, Canada is one of the few countries whose, uh, if I can say this, draconian approach to lockdowns and va vaccine mandates is similar to ours, being in Australia. Um, did the pandemic and the government response, uh, did, did that make it into your lyrical themes this time around? Um, not really. I probably like, not sure if the pandemic did me good or not. Uh, definitely. But I came out of it. I've, I've come out of it a little bit like in a better place. Um, and we, we started touring about five months ago. We just, we just had to leave Canada. We just had to, we went to the States. Um, we did a couple of shows in French Canada. One was in like a baseball field where we were like a hundred meters away from like the, the stands. <laughs> and it was just jokes. Yeah. But uh, another one was just like a normal fest. And then we went to the UK for some festivals and we've done on like a few US tours. And you know, on our last one, we just like got stuck in, like two guys got stuck in Portland. I got stuck in Seattle because we all got COVID and found out at different times. So we couldn't cross the border. So we had, we spent like Christmas and the holidays, like locked up. It just, we're not locked up, but we just got a hotel and whatever. Um, and, uh, um, so coming back to Canada and then I came back and right now it's like all locked. I think they're opening up on Friday, but it's like, you can't even like eat in restaurants inside. And it's like minus like 10 here. So I've gone to a couple, like a couple restaurants are brave enough to have like the outdoor patio, but they need the, oh the heaters really up high. <laughs> wow, geez. But sometimes yeah. you just kind of want to get out like, yeah, but hmm. I don't know. But we, so our Europe tour that is supposed to be going on right now is canceled. And our next tour is March and that's Canada. So we're just kind of like fingers crossed and we'll keep yeah. on rescheduling if we need to, but like, let's hope we can start playing these songs, man. Hmm. Mate, I'll make this my last question for you. Uh, I really enjoy your cover of uh, the Midnight Oil song, Beds Are Burning. And I just, yes. I just had to play it yesterday because I played covers. So I just had to play it because it's Australia Day yesterday. So we played all these Australian songs. Right. 
But what inspired you to play that number? Um, honestly, when we were recording our last record, Outsider, uh, we were in Vancouver and I was just at a bar, like one of those bars that plays like metal songs with the, with the uh, music video in the background. I think I was just partying and that song was moving me at the time. And we were talking about doing a cover. And then I was like, dude, this could be like really, really cool, done heavy. And I think kind of when you look back at it, almost like when we do it, it's more me- like metal sounding, but um, almost has like a bit of a Weezer hash pipe vibe. Like, dun, 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 totally. dun, 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 dun. I, which is like another funny thing, but just the flow, like, oh, when the river broke. Like, it just has it had a really fun flow. And, uh, we've played it now we've like our, some of our last shows before the pandemic were in australia uh new year's 2020 and we were finally able to play it live and it's been good it's funny all our all every time we do a cover song it does really well on, the, on this like the you know mm. spotify as an apple so let's do some more i was i think i was just jazz and it was like everything that we do a lot of times you just get inspiration you're like let's do it now and then you just decide and like did not really but I, we did love the um the message behind it as well, just because living here in Canada, I can relate to, or we can relate to like the struggles that like indigenous people have gone through. And, um, so that was, you know, one similarity that (laughs) there's been some heinous stuff, uh, go on. So, and that kind of was what that song talks about. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that might've been the case actually. Canada and Australia are very similar in so many regards, including in that way. So yeah. Killer mate. Well, uh, look, fantastic to chat again. Uh, good luck with everything. Yeah, great to talk to you as well. Yeah, look, just congratulations on, on being able to forge your career over the decades because it's been that long now. Uh, I know it's not easy, sure. but you've done it. Trying to, trying to stay young, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. I'll let you get and to the next one. All right. You're all right, Andy. Take care, man. Thanks, bro. No worries. Catch Another great conversation with Andrew Newfield from Comeback Kid, and I didn't realize I cut him off right at the end there. I think he was going to ask me a question about the Gold Coast or Byron Bay. Um, Andrew, I look forward to the next chat, actually. No doubt, uh, given the band's proclivity for releasing Killer, Metallic Hardcore, we'll be having a conversation within the next five years. So, what else can I tell you? My book's coming out soon. Go across to scarsandguitars.com if you are interested. I'd love to obtain your feedback. Once the book is available, which is on the 20th of February 2022, support independent writers, people. I'm an independent podcaster, journalist, and writer. Yes, I try to provide a universe of words. Yes, a universe of words based around my pursuit and love of all things related to heavy metal. My name's Andrew McKay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.